Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode six of Yogi Breakfast Club. I've heard from lots of you that you really enjoyed last week's episode with Bob Insley, and you're in for even more luck as we have another episode with him today as I carry on my conversation with him. Just be prepared for lots of wows for me. Um, As I've listened to the episode, I've realized that I just seem to say wow to Bob all the time. But everything that he said, I was just so interested in. So um, please forgive the lots of wows. And also the rain clouds were heading our way. So the wind started to pick up. So you'll also have to excuse the sound of this episode as the wind was beginning to prepare for the rain. Um, But please do enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. And let's get on with the show. Where if, if yoga, if I hadn't done yoga, I would still be the the madman that I used to be to a certain extent. Oh. You know, that, you know, jumping straight away. I can remember Zoe saying to me when I first met her, Bob, sometimes take a breath before you give an answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And now I tend to take a breath much more before an answer, give an answer. Sometimes if I'm passionate about something then I will rush in like I am but that's because I'm imperfect and you're human and I'm a human being and that's okay you don't have to always react in a completely calm way for it to be okay sometimes situations call for a different approach because we're just humans yeah people always say you really should be a human being and not a human doing because oh. <laughs> mostly we're human doings. That's one of these ones. Really? Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, 50-something years. 50-something years? Well, I'll... Yeah, 50, I think 51 or 52 years. Bob, you might listen to this, just, um, <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> I, was, I was 17, 16 when I met B, and I'm 74 now. So if we take 16 away from 74, so I'm... it's 58 years. Wow. We've been together as yeah. a couple. Yeah. And married. Is it 52 years? I wonder if you're going to get in trouble now. This is yeah. 52, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 52 years. I would say he might get in trouble for asking that question, but Bob makes a cup of tea in bed every morning, so probably <laughs> evens so out. 58, we've been together 52 years. Oh, wow. Where did you meet? Uh, um... A church club in, in Launching Lane, and they had a youth club underneath the church. Well, I didn't go to church. Oh, you just, just went to the, the youth club <laughs> on a Friday night, and they'll be there. And I just liked her, and she liked me. And I thought if I can find someone as wonderful that to stay with me forever, that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and she did, so I'm happy. He had hair then, so did I. Yeah, we both had hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing our, our family album, and I found some pictures of me with I could I have my hair about three quarters of the way down my back and it was all red so I dyed it red wow really so red red ponytail and a red plait yeah so wow. I can remember working with Derek Ireland once and I had the plait and I was trying to do Marichasana 4 which is the posture in Padmasana yeah. and to help me he wrapped himself around me and he said I'm just going to grab the ponytail and, and Pulled my plait to help me get into it. I really? him. He says, "This all right?" I said, "Yeah, go on, Darren." What a good prop! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new prop, not the new socks, prop, not yeah. the belts. <laughs> Just get your belly hat. Mine was my fiftieth present to myself, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really? Didn't need it anymore. No. 
Well, these hair, I used to dye these hair, it used to be purple and pink before anybody had coloured hair. Really? Wow. Yeah, 30 years ago. Wow. Oh, how amazing. <laughs> wow, imagine you two with your, all your different kind of hair. Yeah. And, wow. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. No, my daughter loves all different... She, she wants rainbow hair. She, when we first went into lockdown, we did it pink because we were in lockdown. I said, okay, you know, you're not going to be at school for a while. You can do it pink. Absolutely. She was devastated when it washed out, but... You know, I'm sure when she's older, she's going to experiment a few times I'm sure with she various colours. Yeah. yeah, so she should. Yeah, yeah. why Go not? Go for it. The only thing I've asked her is when she first starts to do the hair piercings, she's desperate about tattoos. I said, just wait and do the hair piercings and then tattoos this next stage because... You know, you have to be certain. See how you get on experimenting with other things, and then you know. B's got a tattoo. Give it a go. And how does? One, she's got. Yeah. It's five and a half feet long. <gasps> it goes from her left toe to her right shoulder. Wow. Covers the whole of her, you know, right up. The no regrets. No. No. She said it was, it's her life story too. Yeah. So Harvey's in there when when Harvey was born. Yeah. Uh, he's in there. And that's your grandson. Yeah, that's that's a grandson. And the times when you know life's been interesting, and and she's had it done over seven years by a guy called Bray Hunt, really, really lovely, really lovely tattooist, Bray, oh, wow. really nice man. So he did all of the work. She's been in a couple of magazines with the really yeah wow. with the tattoo because it, it is it's it, oh, what's she looking for? It's in the book, B. Yeah. You just seem like you just have. You know when you said you have everything here. You really just seem like you have everything. Just we just have. observing you both talking and just being here in your gorgeous garden. You do. It does seem to me as an outsider that you really do have everything. It's a haven. Yeah. Genuinely, it's it's a haven of of peace. It isn't to say we don't get crossing one another sometimes oh. because we're individuals. Mm-hmm. But. I wouldn't swap life. I wouldn't swap a minute of the life I've ever been. Oh. Not a minute. It's been uh, an interesting journey and absolutely wonderful. Oh, how yeah. amazing. Yeah, so oh. oh, you found it, B. I don't want to get in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. That's that's about three quarters oh. on it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh. It ends up there. <laughs> That is incredible. And you've added to it when interesting. Oh, for about seven years. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, in the middle of the bank there, there's a lovely flower called Baby's Breath. Oh, and nice. so when Harvey was born, I put the Baby's Breath flower with a blue ribbon with a star on the end, winding oh. through my, you know, the rest of my life. How gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting, see, nobody ever sees she's got one. No, that's the thing, isn't it? Because no we always knows. say, that's why... When my daughter, she's 10, you know, let's put that out there. She's having the thoughts of everything she might do whenever she's let loose. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're still quite away with what anyone yeah. would legally allow her to do. Yes, yeah. But, um, I mean, if, to be fair, if I showed her that, she would be like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> she's an all-in type of girl. No, she she's too young. Um, so I might... You know, not tell her. That. You know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. 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 Well, I started, I was in my fifties. 
Really? Yeah. I think that's I think that's better. Yeah, so do I, because I knew what I wanted in it by then. So and you know who you were by then as well, because sometimes when we were younger... I wouldn't have wanted it done when I was younger. No. Oh. Okay, I'll tell her that. So I'll tell her that... <laughs> tell, tell her that. You can't have it done until you're 50. When you're in your 50s. Yeah. Oh, look! Okay. <laughs> look at that! That's what wow. I had here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. It's a beauty, isn't it? Oh, wow. That is, uh, Look at that. Uh, so it's not all there because there's, you know, there's a bit full more. Full head of hair there. Yes, I had hair. <laughs> yeah. That's and, a, and a big beard as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and nobody sees it. That's what's well, odd. You know, that I'm the only one who's, oh, oh no, no, yeah, our kids have, mm. you know, but, um, and close family. Mm. But, you know, I mean, I, when B gets into gets gets, gets, what you put, so nightgown on at night yeah. there's this huge tattoo which I see but of course I'm just so used to it yeah yeah, yeah. that it doesn't you know it's it's it is there yeah and brave as well to do that I mean that is I mean that's a lot of work on there to to make a statement like that about, is brave about 80 hours I think that is done. wow about 80 hours of, of tattooing oh my goodness wow oh thank you for showing me Pleasure. that ah um, okay, so if you were to think of someone who has been your biggest yoga inspiration, would could you name a? You've given me a list of people along your journey, but would you say there was anybody in particular? Jeez, oh, that is so tough. Because I've been inspired by so many individuals, you see. I think. Do you think everybody you've named along the way have all? Yes, yeah, so all of those ones, and you know, then the odd one like. Pete Blackaby will have triggered something in me. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy who went to accidentally in London, who, Howard Napper, uh, he changed Pars Vakanasana for me. He just changed Pars everything about Pars Vakanasana that I knew went out the window and, and started again. Yeah. So I think I've, I, I can't know. Mm. You know, Derek because he was alive, and Tony because she gave me freedom. Mm. Uh, Zoe, because we batted off of one another and had such a great time on the journey. Mm. Those three I, I would pick. If I had to pick three, it would be Derek, uh, Antonio and Zoe. Yeah. I'm going to quiz you again now. As you've just said, somebody changed a posture for you. What's your ultimate favourite yoga posture? I think when I was going well, probably Kukutasana, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, probably, because I could do it and I could. it was a nice shape to... Yeah. That was that would be. Now let's let's rephrase that. <clears throat> that would be my most boastful posture. Okay. Because yeah. it looks damn good. Yeah. <laughs> like a bit of an ego booster. Yeah, one but, I can do this. The one that I really feel, I would say, it would be a twist. Probably Ardha Mutsi and Drasana. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think Ardha Mutsi and Drasana because there is just, there's just something about that. I agree. Natural. I agree. It's just, it's wonderful. Posture. I do agree. And I always, <coughs> it never feels quite right. And it's like, you know, whenever you go in stages before bringing the elbow over. Yep. I know, I just want to get there, you know? Yeah. And it just feels right to get there. Yeah. Um, and I just love that. And obviously taking it into a bind sometimes can be good fun. But just whenever you take, and being able to use the arm to deepen Leave it. Moving around, yeah. I, I oh, and one more I have to add, Asta Brooks Asana, Crooked oh, Man. Yeah. 
I love Crooked Man because I spent so long learning it. And then I, I put, I think, 16 stages so everybody can do it. Yeah. So I could give you one stage and you would be doing that's the resuscitate. There just seems to <clears throat> just have this wealth of knowledge about it all. And I'm going to I almost, well, I do feel, um, I came into yoga when it was right for me, as yeah, we all do. I do feel slightly um, sad that I didn't come into it sooner to really be able to experience your teachings in classes and the workshops more. Um, but hopefully, you know, your book that you're putting together. Yeah, might... it's, uh, the, the sounding postures are all finished. Yeah. So there's not a lot of postures in it. No. Uh, and the reason there's not a lot of postures in it is because it's an inquiry. And most of the inquiries are similar. So the minute you start repeating it into another posture, then it's not an inquiry, it's a repetition. And the seated postures will be probably a little shorter. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm probably 60% in. And um, I should start having a look at why I question things. So there'll be a large posture on dog posture. Yeah. Because yeah. my arms. Yeah, so you have a story to tell with that. And do we push out of the hands or do we push into the feet? Mm -hmm. So do you stand up or do you push up? Mm. Now, I can't see the point in pushing up. Yeah. I'd much rather stand up. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So, but that will be in there as well with some photos and hand positions. So I do dog posture with the shoulders relaxed and the arms relaxed. Yeah. And I just think up, I don't push up, don't do that. Because the minute you do that, you go stiff. Yeah. If you do that, suddenly you've got freedom. Freedom in the posture. questioning things already. I feel like the book is going to make us all question it. <clears throat> I hope so. I hope it makes you makes it question it, you know, because it's not, not my way's not right. No. You know, no it's just... Every way's different. <clears throat> every way's different. Yeah, some people look at it and think, oh, I can't see the point in that. And that's good. Mm. That's absolutely brilliant. Because mm. <clears throat> I don't know anything. No. <laughs> I don't. no, you only know what's right for you. I know what's right for me and I can offer and say, have a look at it. Do you have a date for when this might be Not really. Finished? No, that's the beauty about retirement. I go up there and do it when I feel like it. Yeah, when it <clears throat> it comes to you. you yeah, all of a sudden. And I've not been on there for about, um, about a month, I think. I haven't done anything. Yeah. Because Zoe does all my corrections. Oh, I, I, Bob, I write it Bob, Bob style. And so he makes sure it's got semicolons, colons, and full stops, <laughs> and the words make sense. <laughs> so I do it. So it's Bobby. Then when it comes back, it's Zoe. So, um, and she, because that used to be what she used to do as a proofreader. So, so it, it ends up reading quite right. It has, has elements of Bob. She never gets rid of Bob in it. No. <clears throat> but she just puts full stops and the bits that are needed. I wonder if we'll have Bob's book and then we might have Zoe's book, what do you think? Yeah. That well, it would be. be good, wouldn't it? So mine is called um, Mucking About on the Mat and it's written by the Elephant's Child, a.k.a. Bob Inson. <laughs> you know the Elephant's Child is, don't you? From Rudyard Kipling. The Elephant's Child is a child of insatiable curiosity. Ah. And the child, Elephant, do you want the story or not? Yeah, go for okay. it, why not? This is cutting Kipling down. Before time began, elephants had a big bulbous nose in the front of their face. And one of the elephants, a young elephant, was a child of insatiable curiosity, and he went around asking questions all the time. And every time he went around, they said, don't be curious, and they whacked him. 
Mm-hmm. Then one day he said to uh, he said to his parents, uh, "What does the crocodile have for dinner?" And the woman said, "Don't be so." The elephant said, "Don't be so ridiculous," and whacked him. So he wandered off. And every time he asked the question, "What does the crocodile have for dinner?" He got the same answer. He got the same treatment. Whack. Until eventually he asks the wise owl. And the wise owl said, the only way to find out what crocodile has for dinner is to go to the great grey Limpopo River, far to the north. So Elephant's child wanders off to the river. When he gets there, there's the river. And sitting on a rock is a great big, massive snake. So he goes up to Snake and he said, expecting he's going to get a whack. Snake, can you tell me what the crocodile has for dinner? The snake said, there's only one way to find out what crocodile has for dinner. He said, that's to ask him. He said, there's crocodile in the river. So Elephant's child goes over to crocodile in the river. And uh, he says to crocodile, crocodile, what do you have for dinner? And crocodile says, now let me think. I think today I'm going to have Elephant's child. And he grabs him by the nose and starts to drag him into the water. Now, Snake feels bad because he's sent him to death. So he hooks his tail around the rock and he hooks his top part of the body around his neck and he begins to pull. And Crocodile pulls and Elephant's child and Snake pulls. And in the end, it becomes... Crocodile thinks, yes, it's hard work, lets him go. Mm. Of course, what's happened is Elephant's child, little button nose, is stretched now and it's three feet long. So he's got a trunk. So he wanders off back. He sees the first animal that beat him and he says, um, by the way, I know what crocodile has for dinner. And the, 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 the animal says, don't be so ridiculous and goes to beat him. And of course, what happens is instead, the elephant's child whacks him with the trunk. And everybody asks the question, he whacks with the trunk. So the child's, elephant's child's insatiable curiosity gave him a weapon to defend himself from all the other animals he used to beat him. That's Kipling's elephant's child. Oh, wow. And in a way, that trunk being grown was his knowledge in a way. He yeah, went it is. and found out himself, the answer himself. He got the answer. He didn't need the answer from all of them. In the end, his journey took him and he, he got the answer himself and then... And it also demonstrated it was quite a painful journey. Yeah, well, to be fair, I was just quite glad that it didn't get completely bitten off. I mean, I was glad to hear that it stretched. (laughs) Yeah, it just stretched. So ever since then, elephants have had a trunk. I was actually relieved at that point when you said it stretched. I was thinking we were going to have quite quite an incident going on there. Which is is why the the book, when it's out, will be written by the elephant's show. Oh, wow. A.K.A. Bob Inslee, so... Oh, how amazing. I think there's a lot of us looking forward to that book. Well, I hope it's. Uh, I hope it lives up to its... All it will do will make you inquire. Yes. I, it asks lots of questions. And I, I say things like, why? Mm. That makes sense to me. But it's only me speaking. Mm. It's not Bob being right. It's just... So Bob the teacher is... That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I am the elephant's child. That is almost your story. You've yeah, gone around yeah. asking the questions. And I suppose in the end you found out the answers yourself, sitting in there looking in the mirror. I found some of them. Some of them. Yeah, some of them, yeah. Mm. So, But it's, it's enabled me to find the answers. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, and unless you enable yourself, and, and learning is about enabling. Yeah, if you don't enable, you know, in, in, learning is about enabling. You know, and that's what the best teachers are, is enablers. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a... 
I was thinking, forget this guy's name. He's a he's a, a, mus- a, a musician and, and an artist. Gustave Moreau, Frenchman. I think it was from the late 1800s. And it, when he's talking about teaching, he said, I am the bridge over which some of you may travel. Isn't that beautiful? Because not everybody, it won't be right for everybody. It won't no. go in the direction everybody wants no. to go. I'm the bridge over which some of you may, which means they'll get off of the bridge yeah. and go their own way. Yeah. And I just, that's a guy called Gustave Moreau. Yeah, I just so, think about that. There is the end of the bridge where they do go on their own way. way. What Moreau is saying is, yeah, yeah. Use me to cross over, yeah. but don't stay on me. What's the point in staying on me? Yeah. There is no point in staying on me. Otherwise, there's no, it's like music. I mean, my son doesn't read music very well, but his music teacher, she, she would have given her a right arm to be able to do what he was doing. We, we and I, this one came back because Dan's close to 50 now, I think, Wow. So in his late 20s, we went round to his teacher to just have a, a friendly chat with her. Yeah. And she's got a massive grand, Bosendorf. And we were just talking to her about music. And she said, you know, she said, I can sight read anything. She said, if you've got a load of notes and threw them on the paper and they're just stuck them up anyway, and you don't know anything, she said, I could play that. So I could play it. Even though it was dreadful, I could play it. She said, so I'm going to play you uh, Maple Leaf Rag. She got the music up and she played Maple Leaf Rag. She, then she called Dan up, Dan, come here, play Maple Leaf Rag. So he got the music and took that out of the way and he played Maple Leaf Rag. She said, oh, thank you. And uh, she said, it's different, isn't it, when he plays it? So I said, yes, it was. And she said to Dan, why did you put three or four different notes in there? Where, why? He said, because they kind of fitted. And she said, I can't do it. Cannot do it. She said, I can play classical music. And she said, I can't. And she said, the reason I, he does it is because he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't actually know what he's doing. It just, it just happens. It just happens. Yeah, and he puts a note in. And, you know, that's kind of his piano is jazz. And that's what jazz is. It's un, totally unrestricted. Wow. And the modern musicians that we've got, the youngsters, they're unrestricted. By yeah. Form. Yeah. And sometimes you like it, yeah. sometimes you don't. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's a, I mean, even now when I'm playing, sometimes I, I, I've, I learned quite well. I've been playing regularly. Is a song called Georgia. Do you know Georgia? No. Georgia. Oh, yeah, Georgia. I do. No, I do. Yeah. And there's a section where there's a bit of silence. Now I can play it. I stick notes in. There's nothing on the music, and I do follow the music. But I just stick them in. Gives you an opportunity to yeah. add something in yeah, that you feel like. add something in. And I don't know why I'm hitting those notes. Because I don't, when you're playing, it's the most complicated musical instrument apart from a piano there is to play. Yeah, oh. yeah because you can go from no fingers on at all mm. to nine fingers on. Yeah. From one note to the other. So you have to, <clears throat> I think Dan said it's finger memory as opposed to brain memory. Ah. He said, eventually, you'll, you'll just pick up things and it'll happen. So it's, you know, so much have I learned from my son. Yeah, well, we, oh, we do. jeez. I mean, already, mine are nine and ten, and I've learned a huge amount from them. 
Hi everyone, it's just Tess. A quick break in the podcast to remind you to subscribe to Yogi Breakfast Club podcast and also to leave some feedback. If you could do that, that would be great. So let's get on with the last part of our podcast with Bob Inslee. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. But also, do you think, thinking about his music teacher and him, so did she did she try to do what he was doing? No, she said, I can't. So, because I was wondering if, the way sometimes we think about it, that the student can also give the teacher so much. It yeah. doesn't always work that no. the teacher is giving the student. The, t- the student can teach the teacher so much in things. I mean, I read, I had a, I've got a book whenever I left school at, well, 16 GCSEs, and then obviously I went on to A-levels. But um, when I, I had a maths tutor to help me with my, my maths just to get my grades up, and um, I read her note the other day, and in it, and I hadn't been to her for a huge amount of time, and she wrote a lovely thing. She said, "You, um, Tess, you have allowed me to see the good in so many things. That was my teacher. That's How did I show her good? Listen, in a yoga class, if I'm out the front, Mm. how can I conceivably know more than 30 students? Mm. How can I? Mm. Any tutor who thinks they know more than 30 students is a nutcase. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It's Mm. ridiculous. Because collectively they must know more. Do I know a little bit more on detail on on asana, etc.? Yeah, of course. But collectively... They know more than you. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an absolute fact. It can't be helped. Yeah. And then Maybe. we learn from them as well. And we, we learn from them. It's yeah. a circle, again. It, it's a massive, you know, what's the wheel of yoga, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, you go one to eight, where's what comes after eight? Yeah. One. Yeah. We are all Non-stop. on this wheel of yoga. Yeah, we're on it. It's the wheel of life. You know, yeah. the, 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 um, the Oglala Sioux Indians in North America, they, they talk about the hoop of life. Is it the same thing? Yeah. Same it's thing the, with the same with religions as yeah. well. It's the same theory almost, yeah. isn't it? So the, the Glalasu say the hoop of the family, the hoop of the tribe, the hoop of the nation, the hoop of the world. Break one ring and you break all of it. Mm. Look at the Olympic sign. What is that? Yeah, this is true. It's the hoops. Yeah. All interlocked hoops. Yeah, this is so true. Yeah. That's a really interesting subject there because I studied the Glalasu for... For many years, I was very, very interested in them. Really? Yeah, they were the Plains Indians, you know, the ones that uh, galloped around on horses. Oh, wow. So people that fought Custer and people like that. In... And you studied it? As in, well, just I... as a hobby on the side? Yeah, yeah, or... just, just as a hobby. I, I, I was inspired by Bury My Heart, A Wounded Near. Do you, do you know the book? No. It's, it's one of those books. It's two books that I had to read just a little bit of time because they made me cry when I read them. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the massacre of the, the Aglala Sioux Indians by the American military, basically. And it's so difficult to read. And I, I just became interested in their culture. Of course, the culture is what grabbed me in the end. Yeah. So Zoe's talking sticks. Yeah. Right. Have they, one of them got a, a copper ring on the end oh, or a I... brass ring? I actually think they could be new ones. They're coloured beads. They look quite new. Oh, right. Because somebody's got the ones... I think Dina bought them in, possibly. Oh, right. Because the ones I gave to, to Dee Zoe, or I'm not sure who I gave them to, they're based on a Glala Sioux philosophy. Oh. So everything about them is related to the four winds, and the four winds are related to the four different coloured horses, because yeah. the horses are so important. 
the whole of the sticks is about the Glalasu life. And that's the idea of a talking stick. When you hold the talking stick, you hold the world in your hand. So you better treat it with respect. And if you hold on to it for too long, you're denying anybody else the life. Yeah. So the talking stick is in all Aboriginal cultures, but particularly in the North American one. Ah, never knew that. Were, I just thought it was a control <laughs> test. Stop talking so much. No, it's, it's, but uh, there really is such a yeah. You know, when the when all of the Indians nation in America would have had talking sticks, so that when they had a, a powwow or gathering, yeah. So that everybody didn't talk at the same time, someone would hold the stick and they would have to pass it on. And what it becomes obvious is either you don't talk much, which you should do, mm-hmm. or you take over, which mm-hmm. is what I used to do. So the talking stick was great for me. Helps you find a balance. Yeah, I think I made I think I made four lots of talking sticks. Oh wow. One base one on yoga, one on the Sioux, one on sort of interfaith, and one just a giant one, which is oh wow! It's about that long. One talking stick, and that's it's that's based on a bit of yoga, but also North Norse mythology. So you it's have... got it's got a um, a rainbow road. Do you know North Norse mythology? Do you know what, Bob? I'm starting to learn that I don't know a lot right now. <laughs> there well, is so much I now <laughs> I now well, want to know. Norse mythology it says, is Valhalla. So you must have heard of Thor, the superhero. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. superheroes so in he, my house. It. Okay, he, he's one of the Norse heroes. Ah. And Valhalla is where they all go. That's, that's where they all live, yeah. Valhalla. And to get there is the Rainbow Road. So that's where they have the Rainbow Road. Yeah. And I made a Rainbow Road on it. So, uh, oh, wow. So, and, um, and then all of the beams going across have got bells on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got a little... Uh, Uh, little small aerodrome up there, you know, they're oh. all just. Yeah, it's a white plane. Old thing. Oh, it's not it's very close, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's got quite low, so we get power and hang gliders come over as well. Oh, yeah. wow, it's like. It's got birds, it's got planes, it's gorgeous. Absolutely lucky, am I? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's North, Norse mythology, is. It's, it's really interesting, you know, if you what, I find it interesting. But when you read it, you suddenly begin to realise it's... Although the stories, the characters are different, the stories are all the same. Really? So you take Greek, uh, Roman, Norse, uh, Aboriginal, in, in Australian Aboriginals, um, North America, South America, when you look at their mythology, although some of it is, oh, you, if you open your eyes, there's a string running through it. South America, ticking, gone ticking. So Tiki is the sun god. Mm. So, and when you think about Tiki, it's just like a god, you know, but they see it as the sun because it's up there governing everybody. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's... But Norse mythology is, is, is fascinating. Wow. Absolutely fascinating. You just... You, you seem to love to learn about everything. Yeah, I, I, absolutely packed with it. Yeah. I mean, I've always been... You know, this Black Lives Matter thing has, has been, you know, big because it's something I, I've read a lot about, you know, what it's been like, you know, right from 400 years ago. And I've been avidly reading up on, uh, unfortunately, on the, um, it's very negative, that's the only trouble. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> when I see all these footballers taking the knee, that gives me a real buzz, a fantastic lift to see that, because when you read the history, you know, it's difficult, it's quite difficult to come to terms, and it's still happening. 
Mm. You know, so, so if, we, we have to, if, if we don't read it, then we, we've missed the point of the exercise. I know, it's mm. difficult, isn't it, to, to read the uncomfortable sometimes. The uncomfortable truths. To, yeah. to be able to learn and kind of make a new... A new, really. a, new, a new truth. That's new all truth. we need. Yeah, not not the old truth. You know that I was. I had a, a heated discussion with some of the members of my family about being <clears throat> pride in being who British. You know, for instance. Yeah. And if if you're pride, then that's fine. But please be ashamed as well. Yeah. <clears throat> there's good and bad. Yeah, of course there is. And it's like poor been. old Winston. He's getting slammed now. But probably Winston Churchill was the greatest lead, war leader the world has ever known. Now, nothing he ever did before will stop him being the greatest war leader at that time. But we shouldn't forget what he did before. Because otherwise you stop him being a man. And he would have told you himself, I'm just a man. That's all. He he wouldn't want adoration. It wasn't his nature. Really, all he wanted to do was drink a pint, (laughs) if the truth be known. (laughs) But it's incredibly powerful, isn't it, seeing the footballers on the pitch taking a knee. Um, I think it's amazing because... Four years ago, a guy called Kaepernick. Have you ever heard of him? Um, tell me the story, and I think he's, I a, had... he's American football yes, quarterback. And, and he wanted to do it, um, and <clears throat> got in. He got sacked. Lost his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never been, a, never been no. uh, employed again. No. And yet, the world's doing it. Yeah, I can't believe that was four years ago. Yeah, I saw the first one because I, I love American football. Yeah. I love the madness of it. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I completely don't understand it. We've tried, and we just still look, and we've tried so many times to understand it, and we just can't. When you begin, uh, the, who is it? What channel does it? They got uh, Jose Manura and Jason Bell. They're two really excellent. Yeah. And they talk about the game as well. And when you, I, that's the first time I've loved it because yeah. they're like crashing and bobbing. Yeah. <laughs> and but when you listen to them talking about it and explaining. Do you know, that, that guy who slows at the quarterback, in his head, he has to have over 100 plans in his head and he has to know which one to call. Wow. He doesn't just make it up. It's, he'll be told from the line side. Yeah. And they don't call it, let's say, throw a long ball to the right. It will be something like, um, see you down the river. And he has to know what see you down the river applies to about these 100 plays. They're staggeringly clever, these, these guys. You know, it seems such a simple game. This old child, but it, it's. I do think that's still also <clears throat> true in football. Um, as the oh. other night, we were watching Manchester United and um, Mason Greenwood. They there was a shot on him, and I just looked at it because I looked at them and I always think of them as my son. Like what? Well, oh, what their mums must think. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, I, he came on the screen and I looked, and he looked so young, and you know, and you just imagine that being your son and how proud you would be. But I looked at him, I thought. He thinking, you know, you could see him, you could see this process of working out, you know, everything was running through his head in this moment, and the camera was just on him, and it really caught me for that moment because we do see them running along the pitch. And I always say, even with my son now, the speed they have to think of things and to know that where they're sending that that ball, you know, is gonna is gonna work. And then obviously, then the goal came quite soon after that. Well, quite soon after the start. And I said, when I saw that shot of him at the start, he was clocking what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and thankfully, it, it seemed to go to plan. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and you know, I always, quite often, I, I watch the patterns that the ball makes. Mm. <clears throat> you know, if everybody, anybody ever says there's no art in football, you watch the, the straight and the bent lines that they carve onto that pitch. You know, and, and like 20, 30 moves. And, and if you could take the line, and the computers can now. Yeah, uh, they can. And yeah. suddenly you've got this incredible geometric shape that's been created on the pitch. And there's 22 people on there as well. There's yeah. this amazing shape. I just think it's uh, the, the computer has given us that football is an art form as well as, you know, when yeah. you see the great players, what they do. Although I'm not quite sure that the art form last night when we were watching uh, West Ham, the, the VAR and all the lines where they were, he was offside on the goal and all the lines were there. And it was that was just to me just took things a bit too far, but there were lots <coughs> of shapes there as they were trying yeah, to find that out. There are some shapes there, yeah. <laughs> I think they, they, football should just go and watch how rugby does VAR because yeah, yeah. rugby's been doing it for ten years, yeah. you know. And they got it off. It does it sixty seconds and it's decided. And it's they, done. We get the hang of yeah, it. Yeah, last night was not sixty seconds. No, no, it goes on a bit, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it does. I'm so pleased that you enjoy your sports as well, and there's oh, yeah. so much more to you than. Just yoga. So, um, last question, really. Yep. The rest of the year, what do you have planned for the rest of this year? Are you just going to be enjoying your retirement as you have been, or any big plans coming? No, there, there are no, there are no big plans. There are lots and lots of small ones. You know, yeah. obviously, looking forward to getting closer to, to yeah. Dan and Miria and Harvey. Of course, that would be great. Um, I, I'm close to finishing a, a, a song that I've been trying to learn for for two months now. It's really hard. Uh song by Gerbil Washington <clears throat> Jr. called Wine Like. It's the song that triggered me to learn the saxophone and it was so hard. But I'm kind of getting there. So that's that's the future plan. The, the garden, just to see how that goes. Yeah. You know, it, it, everything. It's stunning. Making things, you know. That I, I, you know I, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of me levitating in here in the garden. I might have actually. Yeah, yeah so I, I appear, I appear to be levitating. Yeah, but, you know, it just, have I don't fun. know. I don't know. Having fun in retirement. Having fun in retirement. And, and, of course, helping people as well. You know, I mean, I always say, and it will be the same to you, if there's anything I can ever help you with and you just need a clue, advice, some paperwork, just give me a buzz. Thank you. Because it all sits up there. It's no use to me up there. Thank you. You have so Pleasure. much to share with the yoga world. Well, I hope so. I hope it's uh, Yes, I will. You never stop me. No. 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 It's shutting me up is the difficult part. <laughs> I think we need to start a real big Bob's Good News. <laughs> I might start the campaign. <laughs> well, if, you, if you want to receive it every day, just drop me your WhatsApp number. Oh, I will do. Uh, and I'll just add you to it. I think because it's gone up, you can 250 people you can get on it now. Really? It used to be 100. And I think it's 250 now. I've never known because I'm not that popular to know that, Bob. So that's a brilliant thing that you've got to, (laughs) so many people to need to know that. (laughs) (laughs) And they're nearly all yogis as well. Oh, that's so brilliant. You've attracted them all. Like the Bob magnet, you've attracted all yogis, do you? (laughs) It's only the news. It's good news. That's what they love so much. Oh, we all need a bit of good news. And I think... If if you're interested, just just send me, you know, send an email, uh, not an email, you know, a phone message. Yeah. I will. Um, and, oh, I will be. Yeah, I definitely and I'll, will be. I'll, I'll add you to it. And you can you. just have a, when you're feeling, oh, just, yeah. that's what most people do. Well, you know, we can all at the minute need that bit of a perk sometimes because there yeah. are good days and there are bad days in lockdown. Things yeah. are becoming slightly more normal now. 
yeah debatable whether that's right or wrong i guess of the you know with with life but people's livelihoods maybe might be able to start going again I think it's now. important we have to take a chance connections are yeah. beginning to form again with people so we're guessing that but no doubt there will still be bad days for people so to get that little bit of good news is fantastic my pleasure if you're interested as i say just drop me a <clears throat> drop me a, a phone you know on the, on, the, on the mobile and just uh, I will. and i'll add you to it and you can get it every day like everybody oh, else oh, i love that thank you can i um check if there's anything else you want to share with anybody any social media? Anyone? I, I, I use media? Facebook. I use Facebook, but I use it just to keep in contact with friends and family. Okay. So my Australian friends, oh, yeah. I, I get to see them and speak to them. And but I don't use it. And I, I also put things on. It's like if I make something mad, like the the, the, uh, the levitate, I'll whack that on. Oh. You know, I mean, I put on when I made the garage doors. Yeah. And all, all the different things I put on. An Archimedes pendulum, which I made. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen an Archimedes pendulum? Have a look on, and um, get your kids to show you as well. Archimedes pendulum. Put it on, on your on YouTube. I will. It's a series of weights hanging in a line. Yeah. And you pull them all towards you, let them go, and they start swinging, but they all swing differently. So they do that. Ah. And then they all cross over. Wow. It is, and I always wanted to make one. And you did? So I've made one, yeah. Oh, another goal yeah. completed. Another goal completed. And it's, I've not used it. I once I did it. Yeah. But not, I, you know, what can I share? I can say thank you to you oh. for asking me to uh, <clears throat> do what I love doing, which is talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you to you because this, you know, this is new to me and I just wanted to get to know everybody and see if, as we said, Sometimes that one sentence could just help somebody. Yeah. And maybe through today that might have happened. The sun is now shining. Our worry of rain coming down on us. We've been blessed here with the sunshine. You know what they say the sun on the righteous. I don't know if it's true, but who knows? Well, we'll take that one today. We'll take that one today. Yeah, that's one for us. Strike one. <laughs> that's good success. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll draw the podcast to a close. Thank you, Bob, so much. And Pleasure. I know that everybody who has come into contact with you and your teachings, you know, have loved it. I've heard such amazing things about your teaching experience, the workshop myself. And yeah, I hope to still learn more from you, even though you're in retirement. Yes. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you ever want to do something like this again, you know, the, the, you. on some other subject, I'll yeah, be, you know, would... yoga related, but yeah, yeah, be, yeah. absolutely delighted. Delve yeah. into a particular yoga subject. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. Yeah. That would be brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Bob. Thank you, Tess. And for my cup of tea and... You're taking them home, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a kid's kids case. Yeah, you say say they're a gift from Bob and B. Oh, I'll tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Pleasure. And I'll share all of this with everybody, and I'm sure everyone will love it. So, thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bob. (laughs) Bye-bye. So that's the end of the two episodes with Bob. A huge thank you to Bob and B for being so lovely in welcoming me into their garden and for being so open and honest about the yoga journey and just inspiring me to ask more questions about my yoga and maybe it's done the same for you too. I'm sure we're all looking forward to Bob's book and hearing lots more from him. Another thank you to Fantai for sponsoring this series. If you want to head over and check out their mats, use discount code TEST21 to get 20% off your mats. 
another thank you to Songs of Eden for allowing me to use your music on the podcast and also a huge thank you to my podcast editor for putting up with me all of my notes um, and information that I throw his way. A huge thank you to Chris for being so patient and just working so well with me. This new working relationship has been brilliant and I've loved making these podcasts with you. So a huge thank you to you and a huge thank you to everyone for listening so far and for all of the positive feedback that I've been getting. Let me know who you think I should speak to next and I will see you next week, next Monday morning on Yogi Breakfast Club. Bye.